although they are strained right now, there is love between yeah. them. Yes, it's 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 not just you know, your you know Friday the Thirteenth where we get to meet the characters for forty five seconds yeah. and then they get killed. Like we actually give a crap about them, um, and we can see like you can relate to them like to each person, right? Yeah, in, yeah. In a way, kind of, you know. Hey, peeps, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies, share our perspectives as filmmakers, and are addicted to our spoilery spoilers. I'm Tara. And good evening, afternoon, morning, afternoon, late afternoon, brunch. I don't know where you are. If you're listening to it, you could be anywhere. But wherever you are, I want you to know that a man imprisons his estranged junkie friend in an isolated cabin in the boonies of San Diego to force mm-hmm. him through a week of sobriety. But the events of that week are being mysteriously manipulated in a very interesting film from 2012 entitled Resolution. And that's what we're talking about today. We are. And I bet that most of you haven't seen it because it's, it's a pretty indie film. I have never um, heard of it until I viewed it. No, so never. So this is by two directors who I quite like, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and it was written by Justin Benson. Mm-hmm. They have they also did Spring and uh, Endless or The Endless. I can't remember which it is. I don't know. But either they did though. two other movies either. that I think are pretty interesting, too. Okay. Um, probably actually better than this one because this was their earlier one. Um but I just think they're really creative filmmakers and have really interesting ideas. So I wanted to do this one just to like kind of get it out there because I think it is, although it's not like like the best movie I've ever seen, I think it's a really interesting one to like watch and to, t- mm. and to think about. Okay. So shall we dive right in? Let's do that. All right. So we open on a man in the woods drinking smoking meth and just generally being crazy pretty much what most people do He's, i mean right you know pretty much what you do yeah. um you know like you do it's pretty normal and behavior. uh <laughs> and then there's another man who we know is mike watching footage of the guy doing this um and then we cut to mike in bed with his wife and his alarm goes off and he tells her well if he says no i'll just come back home and then she just tells him to be safe and he leaves and we get like built film burn Um, and then the title resolution. I like film burn. Film burn. Film burn. Yeah. Um, so Mike drives a a pretty long way. Apparently he's driving to the outskirts of San Diego. There we go. Here's the funny thing, right? About that is I never really, maybe I missed that. I didn't think of about where we were, but then I read this just now and saying San Diego, but they never really say it doesn't, I don't feel like we were in Southern California, but okay. It must be like the exurbs, uh, and I'm I mean, guessing that that's where it is because that's where they live to make it or something. I mean, I've been to San Diego. I, I haven't toured like every inch of it, but I don't know. Okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like not not actually San Diego, but like Podunk area outside uh, yeah. of San Diego. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Right? I don't know, but that's where apparently they are. So he drives a really long way. And when he gets out of his car, we hear a gun go off. So he sort of ducks down and he creeps around the car and like up the dirt driveway. And he's like behind a hedge, like calls out to his friend, Chris, who's the one who, who we saw in the woods drinking and smoking meth and being crazy. And now should he go And he calls out and asks if he can come up. Yeah. And Chris is just like firing his weapon, like his gun, just like. It's cool. Aimlessly. Yeah. Um. 
And then Chris, you know, Mike comes up and Chris asks him, like, how he found him. And Mike tells him, well, you sent a map. And Chris is, like, a little confused. But they talk about, <laughs> then they talk about um, the parasitic beetles that are eating the tree out front. Uh, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe Chris is having hallucinations. I don't know exactly what's going on. It's possible. But he he talks about them. <laughs> um, and then they go inside to have drinks and uh, to, you know, have beer. And the, the place is like completely unfinished. It's just like the frame of a house, basically. And um, there's a paradise. mattress on the floor. Yeah, it really is like a squatter, like really unhappy place squatters paradise man yeah if you're a junkie that's like the best place in the world sure i i mean i still think you would probably rather be a junkie at the four seasons but well if you're you a know. junkie it doesn't matter where you are as long as you got what you need so that's what matters okay that's okay okay yeah maybe if you're yeah as long as you got um, your hit you're good I would still prefer to be somewhere nice yeah, and pretty probably. if I was going to do drugs. Um, but anyways, there's there's a mattress on the floor and there's a few weird drawings on the wall. Um, and there's uh, a um, one of the pictures there is a hand-drawn picture of the front cover of the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead series. How about that? So that's one of those pictures. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so that's one of our very few bits of trivia today because there wasn't much to be found on this little movie. Um, so Chris can't find his pipe. And then he's like accusing Mike of judging him. And while they're looking for, while he's looking for the pipe, Mike finds the pipe out on the porch and gives it to him. And Chris smokes, um, smokes meth. And, uh, Mike asks him, you know, one last time if he can take Chris somewhere to get clean. And Chris says no, so Mike stands up and says goodbye, and Chris asks him to stay, and Mike is like, well, nobody really likes you right now, and, yeah. you know, kind he's telling asshole. him basically that he's that he's being a, a jerk right now while he's like this, and nobody yeah. really likes him, and and um, and Chris, of course, is upset by that. Um, and then he tells Mike that he has a dog named Sarah. Um, okay. <laughs> who we will meet later. And Sarah, by the way, is played by Carmel Benson okay. or Carmel, maybe. Carmel. Benson. Carmel. Car caramel. It's C A R M E L. So not caramel. Okay. Carmel? Uh, yeah. Carmel, I guess. So Sarah is played by Carmel Benson. And I'm pretty sure that means it's Justin Benson's dog. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's one of the director's dogs. All right. Um, so then. As this is going on, Mike uh, surprises Chris with a taser and handcuffs him to a pipe on the wall. Sure does. And then he goes to the store for supplies and we get another film burn. Yeah. So at the store, Mike gets food and then he calls his wife from the car because um, he can't. There, We find out later there's no service out there where, where Chris is staying. So he calls mm -hmm. his wife from the car and he tells her that Chris agreed to try and that... Um, and, you know, so he's staying for a little while. So on his way back inside, Mike sees the dog, Sarah. Um, and he goes in and he lets the dog in too and tells Chris that he found an owner's name and address on her collar and they should take her back. So Sarah's not really Chris's dog. She just, mm -hmm. I guess, visits him. Visits, yes. 
And then that night, Mike is, you know, laying on the floor in a sleeping bag. And Chris is, of course, handcuffed to the wall on the mattress and begging for his drugs. Yeah. Like. It's not pretty. All night. Yeah, it's really, it's really kind of sad and yeah. desperate and, and pitiful. And it happens, and, yeah, it happens it's, to it's, millions and millions of people. It's, it's, it's very unfortunate. It's, yeah, I mean, that's one thing about this is I think before all the weirdness happens, it really does feel like, and I don't know because I haven't experienced this, but it feels like what I can imagine it would be like when you're dealing with someone who is, who is addicted to, to hard drugs and you're trying to help them and they're, and they're, you know, and, and you know, they don't want to, they don't want everyone to dislike them. They don't want to be this person, but they can't stop. I mean, it's, it's a brain disease. Like you're, yes. yes. You're stuck they in don't, it. So they don't I have really, great they don't, sympathy. They don't really want to be a junkie, but um, yeah, you, you, you can't, um, you know, um, you, it's something that makes you feel good or it's something that you feel terrible for other things. So you take something else for it. Um, yeah. You know, if you, Mike, if you ask some, someone, yeah. you know, what do you want to do with your life? No one's going to say, I want to be a heroin junkie. No one's going to say that, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I really, I really feel for people who are addicted to drugs. I, I've known people that have, uh, that have died from it. So I, I yeah, I've, you know, I, I haven't necessarily <sighs> seen it firsthand, but I've known people that, um, that is what happened to them and they're no longer with us. So, well, we got really, um, well, no, we really didn't sad there. <laughs> here, here's the, here's the but, reality yeah. too, is, you know, you can talk about stuff like heroin and meth and, you know, hard drugs, but the, you know, the thing about it is there's people walking around with prescriptions from licensed doctors that are junkies. Sure. Sure. They're taking painkillers and stuff that's completely legal and they're completely hooked on it and it is wrecking their life. Sure. And that is something I used that... to work in the in the uh drug and like like addiction field. Um whatever for a you, while. Were, and you were a de- you were a dealer, you know you were. Yeah. No, I worked in the addiction field doing social media for a government agency. And like, so I learned a lot about it and I just completely legal stuff. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's it's unbelievable and they can't, you know, put a stop to it really. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's very hard with the legal, with the legal medications that, you know, when people. It's terrible, man. And it's so addictive. Opioids are so addictive. It's just, uh, yeah, it's not great. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, Back to the movie because this is getting depressing. Well, no, but you know what? Um, it's, it, it's 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 touching on. You know what? These are. You know what? Here, let me just say this real quick. We love yeah. to talk about these scary movies, and a lot of these things we talk about are nothing but entertainment. They're not real. You know, as much as I would like Michael Myers to be real, <laughs> as long as he doesn't come and get me. True. Yeah. He's true. not real. You know, Dracula, eh, whatever form, he's probably not real, right? Like, you know, that's not real. This yeah. is this is real. That's this, true. This is and... not a scary monster. This is well, it, it is. It is. This is actually, you know, I, I have a friend of mine that's always told me he doesn't watch a lot of scary movies because the world is scary enough. And that's exactly yeah. what this is. And I think that's part of why I watch scary movies, because they're a scary that you can deal with, that you can. Mm-hmm. It's, it's entertainment. That, it's a way. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's right. a scary that you can be safe being thrilled to. As opposed to like things that go on in the world that are really 
really this is truly real. terrifying. This is like, real, yes. and this is more realistic. Yeah, um, until real. it's not. Well, yeah, okay, but, but <laughs> until but the, it's you know, not. But yeah, it really is a realistic situation. What's happening to this guy is happening to so many people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really realistic and and sad situation. So it starts out very much more like a little bit, a little bit like of a drama until it gets Mm -hmm. weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so back to it in the morning, uh, Mike wakes up and Chris appears to be asleep now. So he goes over to refill Chris's water and Chris attacks him. I don't know what he's thinking. I wouldn't get within 10 feet of that dude. Yeah, well, I mean, he's. He's trying to be nice and give him more water. Yeah, but and so, you know, that that, so, I mean, when you're watching, you're, th- you got to be thinking, dude, don't go near this guy. Don't, don't get too close to this dude. But, yeah. Uh, so, well, he thinks he's asleep. So he goes, yeah. you know, he does it. He gets attacked and then he tases Chris and refills his water. And uh, here's another little tidbit I've got. The actor who played Chris, Vinnie Cran, um, insisted that. Peter Salella, Kalella, Chalella, um, who played Mike, <laughs> he insisted them. that he actually tase him with the stun gun. Uh, and hey, the crew you know, would that's... often tase each other for fun, yeah, <laughs> which I, would I, result I... in someone dropping and shattering a whole day's worth of coffee. I knew a guy years ago that had, and he liked to, he would want to walk around at a party and come after you with this taser. Uh-huh. And I didn't really find that to be too entertaining he never did it no to me. that is not fun and i was i wasn't gonna let him but um you know yeah that's not fun to me yeah, although so i much. did actually um one of the places i worked we were making a video for a training system that um you wore a pack and it would it would zap you when you um if you got hit mm-hmm. like like in like in um laser tag or something except it had like a a thing so that yeah. when you when it censored that you got hit it would it would buzz you okay and yeah. we i tried that and it did hurt <laughs> yeah it did hurt yeah um, I mean, it wasn't a is... taser it wasn't that hardcore but it hurt <laughs> no tasers are no um, joke those things are no joke yeah it you, definitely hurt you, you you trust me you don't want to get tased you don't no, just just the little like zap that I got from that training device was like enough. I was like, nope, that's that's hard enough. That hurts. Yep. I don't need yep. any more. Yep. Um, so so now Chris's drug dealer friends, Billy and Micah, show up. <laughs> those aren't and, those like the quintessential like high school dropouts that just like oh God. are gonna amount to absolutely nothing. They're 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 like the kids who yeah who like might still be actually going to high school just because they're dealing there might be <laughs> like yeah and they try but, to talk a whole, whole bunch of crap and try to threaten you and they're like dude you're not gonna yep. do anything <laughs> yeah and that's exactly what these kids do they they mike tells them that chris is sick and they act all tough so he pulls out a baseball bat and they tell right. chris well they'll come back and you know and he owes us and yeah, then right. they leave no one's afraid of you yeah, they're they're just like out. So at least no one's afraid of you at this point. <laughs> Later on they'll be well, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little more scary, but right now they're just posers. Um That's a word so, I haven't heard in a long time. I like that. <laughs> Poser. Wow, you're taking me back on that old one. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <I laughs> so like M- Mike asks Chris if he's dealing. But Chris says no and um he has a gun. But it's for the gun is for protection from the birds, he says. 
Um, and Mike tells him that's just meth psychosis and asks yeah. where the rest of his stash is. Right. So Chris won't tell him. So Mike goes out to look for the drugs. And in the shed, he finds these weird photos and he brings them upstairs. Um, and uh Chris says he found the photos by the stone house. So there's like a stone house out there. That's where Chris originally found them. And he just put them in the shed. Um, so Chris wants to go back to sleep. So Mike goes for a walk. And, and this is where this actually ties in a little bit to the movie, the endless, which will come out later. Mike passes by some cultists. Oh God. Um, yes. Justin, hey, Dave yeah. and Aaron. <laughs> They're so nice. And, and... <laughs> and they introduce themselves and they want to talk to him. And this, Justin and Aaron, right? It's Justin, David, and Aaron. Justin mm -hmm. and Aaron are the directors, Justin oh, is that, and Aaron. Is that them? That actually is them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's, uh, that's yeah. A good... So the okay. one named Justin is, is Justin Benson and the one named Aaron is Aaron Moorhead. And then there's a guy named right. David who's the third one of them. When you got you know um, a, 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 a little budget like that, you got to jump in and you got to play those roles, right? Yep. But they're a tie-in to the movie The Endless, which has cultists. Uh, okay. So it all sort of like these two cool. movies sort yeah. of have little moments where they cross over a little bit. I like that. Um, yeah, that's great. Like a like a comic book crossover, yeah, okay. <laughs> except it's just like a moment. Well, it's like that universe, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the same universe. Um, so Mike keeps walking, and he finds this abandoned barn. Um, and then we cut to that night. Um, and while they're sleeping, someone taps on the window and it's this young woman and Mike is super freaked out. And Chris is like, oh, it's probably just someone from the mental health institution. They wander <laughs> out here all the time. So that's just another random weird thing that happens. Um, which, you know, well, yeah, which out in the boonies, I don't know if. I, I'm guessing that people are not constantly escaping from mental health institutions and wandering around. So. But, you know, I really don't but, know. I, I, I don't I do know. know. I don't think so. I don't know the answer to that. So. Um, and the next morning, the drug dealers come back for their gear. Uh, but Mike tells them they don't have it. And as they leave, another three men show up and they say that, you know, this is their building. Um that one and guy that Mike is and Chris shouldn't be he's, here. He's that one guy is scary. Yeah, and so this is Charles and was, his two and his two friends, and they are Native Americans, and they're saying that Mike and Chris really shouldn't be there because they need council, like uh, the Native American tribal council um, approval to stay there. So I don't right. know what tribe it is. I don't think they ever say, but they're saying they need council approval to stay there. And Mike says, "Well, we'll write you a check," but um. But the guy, Charles, asks for cash and gives him his number so they can meet tomorrow so he can give them give them cash. And how many days was he going to get? Four or five days? Uh, it was for five days, I don't days, even right? know if it was five days, was it? I think, I think it was. Yeah. I think it might have been. It was a few days. No oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five. It is five days. It is five days. That's later in my okay. notes. Yeah, it's five days. Okay. So Mike yells at Chris for staying on an Indian reservation. Um. And Mike says he doesn't know where he stays, right. um, but they better leave, you know? And he's like, I don't know where, I don't know where we'll stay. We got to leave. Um, right. And well, sorry, Chris says he doesn't know where they stay and they'd better leave. And Mike's like, no, I'm paying them to stay for five days. So we're fine right. now. I got five days. Right. And then he's like, what's that smell? Chris goes, 
I shit in the bucket. Yep. <laughs> so Mike has to take the bucket out now and dump it. And outside he finds a stone fireplace and there are film reels, like old film mm-hmm. reels in a cubby hole. Mm-hmm. So back at the house. And that's another thing. I feel like this is this film. This movie is very. It's very much, I think, to some extent about our perceptions. It's about our perceptions for sure. But it's also about like how we perceive media. Mm-hmm, okay. I think to some extent, like there's the photos, then there's the film reels, then later there's a VHS. Like it's, yep. I don't know. I think it's very interesting how they, how it's sort of interesting in meta, how they sort of bring in these different types of media. Okay. Um, I like that take. So yeah, so it's just a little hot take there for you. I like um, it. So back at the house, Mike listens to the reels. I'm sorry. This is not film reels. This is audio reels. Um, he listens to it on a tape player in the shed um, that he found in the shed. And a woman is saying, I don't have it. And then she's like begging someone. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he brings the projector up to watch the film. So there's audio reels and there's film reels. So he listens to some of it. And then he brings the projector upstairs to watch some more. And then Mike asks Chris, like, why did you email me that video of you and the map? Chris is like, no, nah, I didn't. <laughs> like, I didn't do that. Or doesn't remember. Um, yeah, well, or he didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I don't know if he doesn't remember it or if he just really, truly didn't. And it, it just somehow appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the morning, Mike wakes up and he dumps Chris's, Chris's waste outside. <laughs> um, and there's this old book on the doorstep and it has a bunch of campfire ghost stories in it. Oh, and Chris is, Chris is, you know, on the bed and he's like, just kill me, man. But Mike tells me, you know, <laughs> this is normal. You can do this, you know, and then Mike goes to pay Charles so they can stay at the house for a few days. And Charles tells him, if I were you, I'd leave. And Mike asks why they don't fix it up and rent it out. And he tells him, well, it got burnt in the fires and we couldn't afford to rebuild it. But I think as things start getting crazier later on, I think when he says, if I were you, you, I'd leave. I think he knows that crazy shit goes on there. Probably. If he lives around there, he probably knows. Of course, yeah. I think he he knows whatever's going on there. I think he knows that there's crazy stuff and like that it's not safe to be there. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so back at the house, Mike watches another crazy like story on a slide projector. And in this one, a man hangs himself. Yeah. Um, and he gives Chris a beer, <laughs> which normally would be like, why are you giving someone with addiction problems a beer? But he's like, ah, alcohol's never been your problem. Right. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, alcohol's never been your problem. So they're drinking and then they start making fun of each other for the girls they slept with when they were younger. Um, which, you know, I guess that's just a boys will be boys kind of thing. They're going to do that. I mean, it is, it just is. I mean, it just, you know, it's kind of mean, but it's boys. Um, and I guess girls kind of do it too. So yeah, don't pretend like that doesn't happen. You know, that's, that's, that's not, yeah, we all kind (laughs) of do it, I guess. Um, so then Mike wakes up and there's a clear photo print, like a really clear photo print on his chest. And he doesn't know where it came from, but it matches with a photo that he'd already found. 
So he walks to a grave and the photo, he walks to the grave, the photo and the print match, right? And they, they match it and he finds a videotape there. Hmm. So he drives out a ways to call his wife again. And it sounds like she's probably pregnant and having morning sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like just just as a side note, like she's a, she seems to be she seems to be like not doing not doing great and having and and it sounds like it's a pregnancy issue. Yeah. I um, so too. So yeah, I think I guess that's just a little bit about like how much it must mean to him to help Chris that he left while his wife was pregnant and not feeling well. Absolutely. Um so then Mike brings a small TV with a built-in VCR to the house. And Chris tells Mike he's making up these stories about finding the recordings and, and everything and is acting weird. But Mike plays the video he tape he found, and it's of them from when he tased Chris mm-hmm, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's weird. Yeah. And Chris is like, well, someone must have shot it from outside the window. And Mike's like, I don't know, like that angle. I don't think mm-hmm. this is from outside the window. <laughs> Right. So this is where it starts to get like, right? Somebody's filming them and we don't know where they are or who they are, how they're doing it. Um, Also, like even in 2012, like they're getting it on a VCR like that. That doesn't just happen. That takes work at that time. Yeah. (laughs) Like you would have to go find a VCR, find the. Yes. The videotape. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd probably be recording digitally, so you'd have to have like a a hookup to like get I, it onto the video. Yeah. Like it's this is not an easy thing to do. This is not just no. like it's 2012 got, and I just I just happened to record something and pop it on a videotape because that stuff was not easily accessible anymore by then. I've I've got a hookup here in my studio where um, I can transfer tapes and it doesn't take five minutes. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't take very long, but you have to get the stuff. I mean, well, it, t- it takes yeah. as long as it takes. It takes as long yeah. as the video, basically. That's right. That's right. But it's getting the stuff is what's really right. hard. Yeah, it's right. like, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's weird. And then Mike goes to get food from the general store, um, and he sees Charles, and he asks him about the shed with the playback equipment and why there was a French journal in it. And Charles tells him, well, there were French students there for a while who were researching folk tales. Um, and they had asked about the caverns. And so when Mike gets back, Chris is talking to this guy named Ted and Ted wants to buy the house from them. And Chris is like all in. And Mike is like, that was, yeah, we're renting. Right. (laughs) So the dude leaves, which is another just weird. It was very, it was very weird. Like, what is this guy? Who is this guy? What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, it was just random. Like, what is happening? What, it was, who it was, it is was this funny, dude? But it was very weird, yes. Yeah, it was just a funny, weird moment. Um, it was. So Mike makes food, and Chris gets mad at him for ruining the deal <laughs> that he was about yeah. to make for the That's house right. that he they don't own. Um, and Mike tells Chris about the French researchers. So Mike asks Chris to look at the video of them one more time. And now it's a video of Mike outside cooking a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. like just a few minutes ago he was cooking. And so now the video is that. And Chris is like, it's satellites. Government has them everywhere. But, but could you imagine if that happened to you? Like that would be insane, right? 
Yeah, no, I would be like, what the? It'd be, ter be terrifying. What the hell is what happening is, here? What is going on right now? Right. So Chris wants to leave, but he says that he doesn't know if he'll go to rehab when Mike asks. So Mike won't let him leave. And then we get another film burn transition. And Mike wakes up, wakes Chris up for coffee and then asks him if he knows about any caves nearby. So this is like the next morning. And Chris tells him where they are, how to get there. Mike wants to go check him out, but um, but uh, Chris warns him about the mountain lions and says he should take his mountain lion gun. And Mike is like, gun. Mike's like, I'll take my chances. Yeah. So uh, when Mike goes outside, he Shoot. sees the dog I'll again. Tell you, I'll tell you something. If you're walking around in a place like that and that is real, I'm I'm coming with something. I, I wouldn't mind a firearm. That's for sure. Yeah. I I don't know. With the weird stuff that's going on, I might want to be carrying a, a weapon yeah. at that point. But so Mike goes never, outside and he sees the dog. Know. But then he hears a gunshot. So he runs back inside and it's Billy. Um, it's the two the two drug dealer kids. And Billy yells that he wants his stuff and he shoots the dog, which is so uncool. We, um, we, we don't we never like that. We, ne we, we never like that. We hate this. We hate that on this program. Right? On this right. program. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> do whatever you want to the people, leave the dogs alone. So yeah, Mike, people eating whatever we want to the people. Yeah, yeah. Sure. kill them, torture them, whatever. Leave the dogs alone, nah. okay? It's all, Just it's leave all them good. alone. So right. Mike buries her, and then um, Chris and Mike talk, and Chris is saying that you know how he never felt happy until he started doing drugs. He said he'd rather just do drugs and end it on his own terms. And he says this. Um, I actually wrote this quote down. He says. Being creative is a curse. It condemns you to a life of failure because you can't sustain interest in any boring rat race job long enough to make a living at it. Hmm. Which I think is something that a lot of creatives feel, at least at some point in their I, life. I think that's... Where you're like, this is horrible. Pretty, it's a curse. I can't stand it. Like, why can't I just be someone who doesn't mind a five-to-five job and just does my thing and goes uh, I, about I, my day? I feel some of that pain. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so then they fight about Chris's addiction, and Mike decides to leave to go find the caves. And when he finds them, there are these old drawings in them, and he finds someone sleeping in there. So oh, he, yeah. he just runs, yeah, he's, runs out of I mean, there. I, that would scare me, too. Right? And he sprains his ankle. Yes, he does. And then we see him in his car again calling his wife. Um, and he tells her the neighbor's dog dropped dead on the front porch and he doesn't know if he should tell the owner or what. He doesn't tell her that the dog got shot. He just tells her, like, I don't know if I should tell the owner right. or, like, what I should do. I would. Well, so he does. He goes to the to a trailer. He finds yep. where the man lives. He goes to a trailer this and he tells the man there scene. that his dog died. And the man, his name's Byron, he invites him in for some dude. tea. And notably, he has a French accent. Yes. He, there's a lot of notable strange things in so, this scene. Yeah. yeah. So um, here's another little tidbit that I've got. I don't have too many, but here's one. The Frenchman's trailer has the address 9683. Um, and that's Justin Benson's birthday, June 9th of June, uh, 1983. Okay, cool. So he put his birthday in there. That's good. I like that. So they go inside. Byron rolls a cigarette. And Mike asks him if he's French, and he says, you know, yes, and and how he ended up here. And he says he studied at the Sorbonne. And Sorbonne. The Sorbonne. Which and is not ice cream. No, not sorbet. <laughs> yes. The Sorbonne. Sorbonne. 
the Sorbonne. And he came here to study uh, the cave art. And that two students came with him, but they started fighting. And one day they just left. And he says he thinks that they were searching for monsters and they found each other. Mm. That was not a French accent. I don't know what that was. No, but that's okay. They were searching for the monsters and they found each other. No, that's true. I like that. I can't do it. Um, yeah, you, you sound like uh, Bridget von Hammerstein. From, I can't do uh, a good French accent. Can you? Inglorious Bastards. I'm not going to do it, no. I can't do a French accent. Never mind. That's well, okay. guys, they were searching for monsters and they found each other. That's what he says. <laughs> With a great French accent, though. Yes. So, and and then it turns out his cigarette is some kind of drug, not tobacco. Some sort of marijuana cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's marijuana, but it's. He, I think he says it's something that grows I around don't know there. What um, it is. And I'm then sure Byron says that. To... Byron says, you know, he thinks that people come out here looking for aliens and weird stuff, and he thinks it's none of these things, or possibly all of them. And then he says some other cryptic shit, <laughs> Could and be Mike none doesn't of them. understand Could be all him. Of them. <laughs> Yeah. No, neither do I at this point. Yeah, quite frankly. he's all cryptic and like, and Mike is I don't like, know what this guy's talking Mike about. is like, I don't get it, and I don't get it either. I'm, so I'm a little bit afraid of this guy at this point. Um, yeah, he's 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 a little bit of an oddball. Um, a little bit. <laughs> but I think, but again, whack. he gives the impression that like he knows something that's going on that we don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And we don't yeah, I'm sure. get and aren't quite grasping. So back mm-hmm, at the house, mm-hmm. Mike finds that Chris um, had slit his wrist. Oh, but right, yeah. um, it turns out he couldn't find a vein with the broken coffee mug and scratched it trying to get a bed spring out of the mattress. So he didn't even like cut himself. He broke the coffee mug, couldn't, couldn't cut himself and then like scratched his arm trying to get a bed spring out of the mattress. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Which is just, again, kind of sad. Yes, a little bit. Um, so that night we hear noises in the dark. And the light the light shows the room. Like it lights up as, the, as something falls onto the floor. And then a carving of two people has been made on the wall. And it looks like the drawings from the cave wall. Mm-hmm. So Mike tells Chris about the French guy and that the students who stuff it in the shed have been missing for like 30 years. Yeah. And Chris asks if it would help Mike if he could give him some closure. Um, and he tells him that he'll never go to rehab and asks him to just let him kill himself the way he wants to kill himself. And then the projector comes on. And it shows a photo of Chris's dead face and then Mike in a coffin. Yeah, that was spooky. <laughs> and then on, on Mike's computer, they see themselves at this moment. Yes. Right? Like, yes. so they're seeing themselves from a different angle at this moment. And then the video fast forward to them getting beaten to death by Billy and Micah, the drug yeah. dealers. Could you? Oh my! So now Chris is like finally convinced that terrible. Mike is telling the truth. And he's like, what does it want? And Mike says, I think it wants a story. And Chris is like, that's it. And he says, I think it wants a story with an ending. So Mm. they decide to leave until Billy and Micah have come and gone. Um, But then they find the gear that Billy and Micah wanted. So Mike puts it back in the house and they like get in the car and there's a CD on the center console. Mm -hmm. And it's audio of them coming back and getting shot to death by Charles' friends. Yeah. 
<laughs> the, yeah, these 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 pieces of media do not turn out well for them. It's it's not. No, good. it's like it's like uh, you're gonna die good. one way or another, guys. You're gonna die. Trying to so, outrun this thing. So they decide to stay, and then they go to the shed, and there's another film canister, and. Billy and Micah show up, so they hide behind the shed. And Mike opens yeah. the canister, and he's like looking through the film frames, like just he's just like, like, "How do we die?" Or like, "What does he say?" To him? And he's it like, shows them next? the house. Nothing. Yeah, it shows them the house in the background at night, lit by a fire. Right, right. And then that evening, Billy and Mike are getting high, and Mike and Chris are like watching them from outside. And they're sort of talking about their lives. And Mike tells Chris that you know he was right; he had no intrude, no right to intrude on Chris's life. And it's like just, this beautiful, like, you're my best friend moment. Like, yeah, I, like I love like you Yeah, he's moment, like, you're right? right. I had no right to intrude on your life. Like, I love you, dude. I just felt like this was my last chance to do something to feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, coming clean that he was doing this really kind of for selfish reasons to feel better about his own self. Yeah, well, he's trying to help um, somebody at the same time, though, so. You know. Yeah, but he, I mean, that's what he's saying. He's like, I had no right to come in and, like, yeah. tell you how to run your life. Know. I don't know Which, that I could ever, you know, I, I like to think that I would help somebody, but at the same time, like, you know, coming into a place and tasing someone and chaining them up to something is kind of a big deal. Like, I don't know how I yeah, feel about doing that to somebody, you know what I mean? It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that. It's definitely anyway. pretty hardcore. So let, let, Let's put it this way. Hopefully I never have to do that with anybody. How about that? Right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't ever want to have to do that. No interventions. No interventions. <laughs> no. Not None. for me, please. Um, so Charles's friends show up, and they shoot Billy and Micah, right? Because because Chris and Mike yep. are still hiding, so Billy and Micah are the yep. ones who are there. So they shoot Billy and Micah, and then set the house on fire. And the two of them are like kirking out. You're like, oh crap, what is going on? Right. And well, so so then Chris tries to run into the I'd house. I'd be scared. And Mike holds him back. And Chris just starts crying. He's like, I really want to fucking die, man. I can't help it. And Mike says, can I take you to rehab? And Chris is like, yeah, but it has to be fucking now, man. And Mike says, hey, we're leaving the house with a happy ending. And then something, we don't see it, but something rises up over them. And Chris says, sorry, sorry. And Mike asks, can we try it another way? And it's just film burn. And then we get this great little bit at the end where it's like on the black screen and it says copyright footage courtesy of the Sikona Indian Road uh, Reservation, the estate of Nikoshi (laughs) Saki and the Croatian Film Commission. The end. That's it. Like, so. So you're kind of, you know, there was a part of me that was definitely scratching my head at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like what just happened. Um, But... um, Ah, there were certain things that I liked about it, I guess. But what else did you want to add there? I well, I think what impresses me most about it is how they obviously had a very small budget, right? Like yeah. this is obviously a major, majorly indie film. But they this is managed, like how I would have shot something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they, but they managed to build the tension and the and use these very creative ways to be scary without big effects like even yeah. just the like when the when the video shows up on the computer of them and it's them right now from a different angle 
running through mm-hmm. when they get beaten to death. Like all they had to do was record that from that angle yeah. and then That's play it and fast forward yeah. it at the right point and like right. put it on the computer and just play it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Easy. so it's, it's such, it's such simple, simple ways of doing these things, but with such a big effect. Sure. I right. Agree. And that, I mean, the, the simple, um, I can't even call them effects, but the simple little like tricks that they do plus the acting, which I think these two guys did a fantastic job acting so, these roles. So th- that's, that's, that's the, the, the best part is, you know, they both play their roles so great. You know, yeah. he's, he's total like, oh man, like dude, bro, just let me go. Like he's so good at that. Mm-hmm. And his buddy is like the totally just, you know, normal, mild mannered guy who drives a Jeep and his wife yep. is at home pregnant. Like they play those perfectly. Yeah, yeah that was that was excellent. That well, was really and you well can done. see that although they are strained right now, there is love between yeah. them. Yes, it, it's it's it, it's not just you know your you know Friday the Thirteenth where we get to meet the characters for forty five seconds yeah. and then they get killed. Like we actually give a crap about them, um, and we can see like you can relate to them like to each person, right? Yeah, in, yeah. In a way, kind of, you know. Well, and yeah. I think it's interesting that. While Chris is the one who is who is doing drugs and and, you know, as Mike says, having having meth hallucinations, um, he is the one who does not believe when all this weird stuff is happening. Right. Mike, who is the straight guy who's, you know, serious and doesn't drink too much and doesn't doesn't do drugs and whatever, is the one who's very quickly believing like there's something weird going on here. Mm-hmm. So I thought mm-hmm. that was an exactly. interesting like offset. Yeah, it was, it was very, um, very good. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this movie's worth watching. It's not like one of the best movies I've ever seen, but I think it's really interesting. And I think that it does a lot with very little. So what I found that I enjoyed about it was um, near the end when <clears throat> they decide to leave the house and after they've you know gone to the car and you know, they're hiding out from the two dudes. Mm-hmm. And they're coming. For me, I felt that the way perhaps it was, you know, composition and angles and maybe whatnot, I was waiting for someone, either the, the dudes that were the dealers or, or what's his face, to jump out and for, come from behind and, and make that scare. And they did a really good job of really giving me the anticipation and waiting and waiting and waiting for that. To, I felt the entire time. That, that was going to have you know, like a hand on the shoulder, like nah, yeah. real quick or something, or a gunshot, or one of them was going to get stabbed or something. I kept waiting for that. They did an excellent job of giving me, you know, like not yeah. the anxiety, but like the really the the, well, the, the, the tension that that was going to happen. The tension that they're feeling. Yeah. Like we're yes. feeling what they're feeling, which is, oh, God, oh, God, somebody's going to get them any second. They're hiding so close and like somebody's going to catch them. And then that first that final moment when they're finally like, oh, we're going to make it out alive. <laughs> yeah. Then, they, yeah. That, that then from, the something, yeah. the whatever it is. And you just see it from like the things POV where it's like really tall and up over them. So it lets you, it, it you know, it's like, <clears throat> you know, these good movies that, you know, don't show the monster too much, right? Mm-hmm. Like an alien, like an alien. Remember, we don't really see, we see bits and pieces of the alien. Then we finally see it like later and it's like yep. terrifying. Yep. You don't see the shark in Jaws till much later. You never see the Blair Witch. Like, you know, that's yep. making up, you know, it, 
making it up in your head is is scarier because you can create a million things in your mind of what yeah. it could be. You know, if you see something and it's just a stupid looking like, you know, rubber monster, you're like, well, that sucks. You know, no, it's like, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, for, for me, it's like when, you know, when I read because um, for years when I was younger, I always try to read the Stephen King books first, then watch the movies. Right. And, you know, this is true with any book, though. You read the book and you read the 400, 500 mm-hmm. pages and you know the characters and then you already have in your head whether they've been described or not. You know to yourself what they look like, what they should look like. You know what I mean? And then you watch the movie. You're like, that's not that's that not person. What they look you know? Like. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's not them. But this so I like does that. that with just you know, that's, a that's camera good. move. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how about that? That so. probably was their one jib shot. Hey, you know what? If you have the money to do it, and you can, you know, that that's where it is, then go for it. Use it for that. Yeah. Usually, you want a big shot. Usually, that's a good big shot to open something with, I yeah. guess. But. You know, that, that, that's, that's fine. But for that moment um, to get it to tower over them, it's so great, intimidating huh? with, without seeing anything. So, here, here's your tip out there, folks. Um, you know, jibs and whatnot, they're great. And if you can get their hands on them. But you know what I've found, especially by doing a lot of it myself? Go use your drone. Yeah. Don't even worry. Yeah. Just, well, just, can, you, just can you tell the folks who may not be filmmakers who may not know what a jib is? So a jib is just basically – it's just a, I mean it's more or less a crane, and mm-hmm. it's just an arm that a camera can sit on, a platform. It's on a mount. It's on a, mm-hmm. you know, a tripod, a, a fluid head usually, and it can just move itself up and down. It can extend. It can go up and down, mm-hmm. and it just gives you that great graceful feeling that you're moving up or down or side to side or back yeah. and forth. Um, it's super smooth. It, it's beautiful. Um, it can be as big as – 10 20 feet long yep. it can be as small as like a little i mean i've i've built one I, I i built one years and years and years ago and i used it and it worked pretty well but I, i'm at the point now where i've thought because flying my drone you could really substitute jib shots with drones now quite frankly you really can do it yeah um, yeah for the most part so, you can yeah so that's a tip out there for those if you you know if you can't go find yourself a jib Get yourself a two hundred dollar drone the problem with the drone as i know because i've i've <laughs> tried to fly one is that man any little bit of wind comes up and you're near a tree, the wind will automatically go towards the tree and the drone will crash. Yeah, you got to be careful. You could, I mean, be, I've... you could think you're safely away from the tree and a gust of wind will yeah. come up and, and fly the drone mm-hmm. right into the tree. You, you know, you, you, you got to have one that weighs at least a little bit of weight so you can have some, some oomph to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, if you're able to fly it in that area, that's a great replacement um, for something like that. But yeah, yeah, and a much you know, smaller it, it, replacement too. It's cheaper, it's smaller, and it's so much easier because yep. you just attach it to your phone and you fly it. Yep. But anyway, um, I was just thinking of a hack for that. So. so next up, guys, we are talking about The Wicker Man, the original. Oh, I love – yeah, so I've never seen the remake, and I, it feels like blasphemy to watch it. I, 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 it's I silly. will never watch it. It's silly. Um, but the original – oh, the original is just sinister, and it's – oh, I love it oh, to death. It's My so goodness. good. So we're going to talk about that in our mm-hmm. next episode, so be on the lookout for that. Um, in the meantime, please remember to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on, uh, and rate and review on Apple, on, on Spotify, on, yeah, I think you can do it on Spotify now. 
um, on anywhere you're listening where they do ratings, please do and please subscribe so that more people can find us and so that you are always alerted of when we have new episodes coming out. You know, you, you know, you love us. <laughs> I hope you love us. That's more confident than I am. Um, <laughs> you, do. you know what? It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like when you like, you know, you want to ask someone on a date, like you're not sure. Maybe they don't like you so much. <laughs> maybe they don't even like you. Maybe they don't even like you that much after the first time yet. But you know what? You're going to like do, me and you know you are. Do you like our podcast? Check yes or no. <laughs> Will yeah. you go out you with like us? us? Yes, yes or no? You know you do. You I know did you do. get one of those. No, I sent one. Oh, yeah? I actually basically sent a guy that was like, um, your friends say you like me. Why haven't you asked me out <laughs> in like that eighth grade? Awesome. I love it. I was like, your I friends say you like me. Why haven't you asked me to go out? <laughs> Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> and then he asked me to go out, so it worked. I'll like you. No, it worked. Right. Um, he's like, oh, wait, what? Oh, I guess I will now. Um, I love it. So, guys, yeah, and don't forget. So, we love it if you subscribe, if you rate and review. That's just really helps us out. And don't forget, send us your movie suggestions, your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far, whatever else you want to talk to us about horror or whatever. Um, at the scary movie project at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the scary movie project. Peace out. Beware the Ides of March. Ooh, do the scary movie project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at the scary movie project.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.